Hi, and welcome to Unmatched, a match cut episode where we talk about a singular movie. My name is Aaron. I'm here with my friend and co-host, Matt. Hello. Hi. So before we get started, if you've got a suggestion for an episode or want to get a hold of us, you can find us at MatchCut on Twitter or at MatchCutPod at gmail.com. But today we're talking about Knives Out, a comedy crime drama written and directed by Ryan Johnson, starring Daniel Craig, Chris Evan, Anna de Armas, and a staggering amount of other fantastic actors who I will not name individually, but I love just as much. <laughs> uh, Writer-director Ryan Johnson is best known for this movie. Star Wars Episode Eight and Looper. When renowned crime novelist Harlan Thrombey is found dead at his estate just after his 85th birthday, the inquisitive and debonair detective Benoit Blanc is mysteriously enlisted to investigate. From Harlan's dysfunctional family to his devoted staff, Blanc sifts through a web of red herrings and self-serving lies to uncover the truth behind Harlan's untimely death. This movie is currently rated at an 8.0, which puts us in the companies of movies like Marriage Story, Rain Man, Blade Runner 2049, which Anna de Armas was also in, The Avengers, which Chris Evans was also in, as well as previous Match Cuts episodes, The Martian, The Revenant, Fiddler on the Roof, and The Sound of Music, which Chris Plummer was also in. <laughs> yeah, lots of, uh, lots of good actors who have starred in other good movies. <laughs> it's one of those interesting things, like this movie, like, Every actor is great in it, kind of like as you mentioned with, you know, the actors uh, when mm-hmm. we're going over who. It's like, you know, they all play their parts so well. Yeah. One of my favorites in this is definitely uh, Lakeith Stanfield. Uh, I really, uh, apparently he's on uh, Atlanta, which I have not watched, which is apparently a crime. Yeah, I've, I've heard good things. But I think he does amazing as Lieutenant Elliot, Elliot, like the straight man in all this. Like the old, like you know, Benoit Blanc is loving up the the <laughs> the absurdity of the situation. Um, you know, Harlan Thrombley's family is like cast of characters within their movie. Um, I also love that this is a send up and a subversion of the the whodunit genre at the same time. Yeah, it, it was really nice because we're like in this world of like, or I don't know, my recent movie selections have been in this world of like comic book movies and action and adaptations, you know, because like a lot of movies are adaptations this day, mm-hmm. these days, like we talked about last episode. And yeah, seeing something original that's set in, you know, our world. Maybe not the world we know right now, but, you know, our world. The plausibility of it is there, obviously. Yeah. Like, it it does twist and turn in in a way that, you know, a mystery novel appropriately would. But, you know, it's the kid's a shitty alt-right troll. (laughs) You know, (laughs) stuck up Massachusetts blue bloods have problems with, you know, liberal arts degrees. And it's just kind of like, yeah, I... I see that, this. That person who's going for the SJW degree is <laughs> right. Is, is really just doing it for her own edification and gratification, and not because she actually believes in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it's it's pointing the the cannon at everyone. Uh, yeah, which is actually a thing. Uh, there was a recent episode of uh, Cinema Wins that he did knives out uh, two parter, um, which means we're striking while the iron's cold yet again. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, someone in the comments was bringing up that 
uh, Rain Johnson, you know, that um, the, the host of uh, Cinema Wins was saying that he's not putting the, the finger at anyone deliberately. And the, someone in the comments was like, no, he, he really kind of is by showing that everyone like is, you know, virtue signaling or viewing it's just as bad. And the only like um, the only uh, sympathetic viewpoints are Benoit Blanc and Anna de Armas, like people yeah. that aren't playing the game necessarily. Yeah. I was, um, and maybe this is something that only applies to me. I don't, I'm curious if other people had this experience, but like Anna de Armas is not like a well-known celebrity for me yet. Like she was obviously in Blade Runner 2049 and a couple other movies, but nothing that I really knew her for. So like mm -hmm. seeing what to me was an unknown face in this caretaker role alongside like all these other like huge names. I think worked really well. Yeah. Um, but again, it, it definitely felt like everyone was pretty even. No one felt miscast or out of place. Oh, um, totally. Yeah. But they're all, but they're all well-known and famous faces. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. probably one of the smaller ones maybe would be Catherine Langford as uh, Meg Tromby or Thromby, mm -hmm. but she's pretty well known to people of our generation and, you know, a lot of people that watched 13 reasons. Um, yeah. So even her, even she is not really unknown. Um, I think the, the main thrombies and, you know, that family in general uh, just is great. You know, Don Johnson as Richard Drysdale, just, <laughs> I'm glad that he's gotten a second chance because he was never a bad actor. He was just kind of a, typecast actor of his own design in a sense yeah um this movie does an amazing job like doing very small things well and i think that was what was most refreshing is like any movies now like the fate of the world hangs in the balance the this murder is <laughs> a murder that is part of a bigger conspiracy or plot um this romance is the romance to of a generation kind of thing. And there's like, mm -hmm. no, it's, it's a murder. Like people felt very real and grounded. Like the motivations for all the characters was simple and easy to understand. Um, the, yeah. the cinematography, something that cinema wins went into was like, they were, it was such a dedication, even though it was shot on digital to make it look like it was shot on film. Yeah was astounding it's like is that cheaper to make it look like it was shot on film <laughs> than to actually shoot on film anymore i would assume so because why yeah. why do it otherwise right because you can have a basically unlimited amount of digital because you can always transfer it off mm -hmm. so yeah that i that i i'm i'm curious like maybe it's soon enough maybe it's not but to see like to get a real retrospective at like you know, what would this movie have been like this movie and other movies? What would it have been like if like they were still paying, you know, by the yard or whatever for film, like how much stuff makes it into movies now because you can just keep digital cameras rolling, you know? Well, uh, uh, this movie was shot, I believe very quickly and very effectively. They, the, uh, multiple scenes only had one or two takes. Um, mm -hmm. and so, to your point, I don't think they needed to in this film, but mm -hmm. 
but there were definitely there was uh, a lot of little character moments that were added. Um, apparently, the the first scene where Benoit Blanc is uh, that accent is heard by everyone on set was the scene where he's tearing down the family, and so their their look of surprise was apparently fairly genuine. <laughs> I I do like when movies try to get that genuine response. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm super happy to see Chris Evans. Speaking of actors, like you know, I think breaking out from his being pegged as Captain America because the feeling I got from reading about it is that you know he struggled a little bit in portraying that character, and he's getting like a chance to do something else now. It's definitely one of those things like you look at him or watch interviews that are more down tempo or more personal. Like he actually admits he's very introverted and, you know, has a lot of self-esteem issues. And honestly, I think he prefers these smaller roles. And now that he is finished with Captain America, I think doing something like this, Knives Out, where he gets to play a different character entirely is something so refreshing to him. And... And playing someone who is a bit of a shitbag. Eat shit. Eat shit. Eat shit. Eat shit. Up your own ass. In fact, all of you eat shit. (laughs) Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. (laughs) Peace him out. He is definitely enjoying and reveling in this role. And the same can be said of Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc. He he is very vocal about his hate for playing James Bond anymore. And I think the yeah. only reason he is coming back for uh, Time to Die is because of Craig uh, uh, Joji Fukunaga uh, is directing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they also threw, you know, an, a cruise liner's worth of money at him again. <laughs> and Anna Armas will also be in that with him. Oh, that's right. <laughs> but, I mean, you couldn't have had more of a, like, uh, as an, an aside, like, a more I am done with this role than you could have with Spectre. <laughs> Literally driving off into the sunset with like kind of a shit-eating grin on his face. <laughs> yeah. So um, a lot of actors enjoying playing against type or playing a role that they don't normally get to play. Like you have Christopher uh, Christopher Plummer, who is an actor whose resume is in the decades and is like, Damn, he's in all these movies. Yeah. Um, Hugely accomplished. And I really enjoyed like the scenes between him and Enadarmus. And like, I, I'm like, who do I compliment here? Is it Christopher Plummer for being able to like, because again, in, in my naive possibly perspective, like Enadarmus is still relatively new. Should I be complimenting her for like stepping up to play you know, opposite Christopher Plummer. Should I compliment Plummer for being able to play alongside a, a newer actress? Like they're both just great is, is what it comes down to. But well, I think the interesting thing about this movie is it was billed as kind of a Daniel Craig is the lead character and everyone else is playing off of him. When really mm-hmm. the, the main character is Marta Cabrera, uh, Anna de Armas. It's her story and her navigating her way through this. Um, we're going to get into spoilers, obviously, um, very early on in this movie, you figure out that, oh, it's not really a who, uh, the whodunit in the traditional sense of how did they get away with this murder? It's who actually was the murderer because very early on we're shown the murder and Ana de Armas, Martin, Marta Cabrera 
is there and present, and it's apparently a mistake of her medical knowledge. Um, which, you know, spoiler, it turns out it isn't, which is yeah. the, the great part. Um, again, playing up into this, uh, this as an homage and a send-up as well as subversion. Um, very early on, you see the unreliable narrators come out um, when everyone's recounting the birthday that just occurred before um, Harlan Thrombley's death. They uh, they all see the see it differently because of <laughs> their perspective. So let you know you shouldn't trust any of their perspectives until you get to Marta, which she sees kind of an unvarnished truth. Yeah, there's uh, there's some good stuff in there with the retellings where like people insert themselves like behind uh i lost the name behind harlan as the cakes being lowered like they're like yeah i was right next to him right you know and literally or figuratively but there's other little su- subtle touches as well like um linda not seeing that uh ransom like ransom just left after his argument he didn't you know touch his uh his great grandma on the shoulder mm-hmm but she or, uh, inserts that. <laughs> yeah. She also th- thinks that Marta's family is from Ecuador when it's Uruguay. Well, no, 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 no. Um, I don't recall if it's ever actually exposed where they're from. Everyone doesn't remembers it as a different place. <laughs> okay. No yeah. one knows where she's from. <laughs> um, and then like we see um, like Don Johnson character richard drysdale like gesturing her over like hey we want to include you and then we find out it's like this really shitty immigrant conversation mm-hmm. and where it's like it as this like oh she's part of the family and all that <laughs> yeah. and everyone is saying she's part of the family but it's all like virtue signaling for the most part mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh richard drysdale immigrants we get it done and <laughs> oh, oh, from hamilton <laughs> like why are you inserting a hamilton reference yeah god some some of my family is like this (laughs) (laughs) one of the one of the things that really stuck out for me was like um gosh what's the character's name Joni tony collette's character like as the like free-spirited californian type among all these like Mm -hmm. blue blood east coasters is the first person to just be like uh who the hell is this in reference to Daniel Craig's character? Right. And it, it reminds me of my dad's family where like my dad is the California wild child kind of in that, in that family. It reminds me of that dynamic. <laughs> I, I, I just enjoy everyone is having so much fun in this movie that it is, it is definitely worth a watch. Um, my parents saw it in theaters and kind of said, yeah, you don't need to see it in theaters. And after seeing it, it's like, yeah, you, you don't mm-hmm. need to see it in theaters. Um, this movie was uh, unfortunately completely snubbed at the Oscars, even though it was eligible and I think put up for things, but no one saw it. I wonder if that has to do with the negative reception of Ryan Johnson and The Last Jedi, like blackballed a bit by big Hollywood. Yeah, it was nominated for Best Original Screenplay, which great it's a fantastic story but yeah it didn't win 
It won the AARP Movie for Grown Ups Award for Best Ensemble. Um, you know, fair enough. <laughs> they there's definitely some elderly roles in this film that are not like that they are given due due presence in the narrative. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of really subtle character things that uh Daniel Craig is doing. Also, uh Daniel Craig if he's not in a Bond movie, is for some reason almost always doing an accent, usually a Southern <laughs> accent. Another film where this is applicable is Logan Lucky, also yeah. starring um, uh, Adam Driver and uh, uh, what is his name? What is his name? Uh, Magic Mike. Uh, gosh, now <laughs> Channing Tatum. Uh, also starring Channing Tatum, which uh, is a, a, a fun, enjoyable movie. Uh, mm-hmm. For some reason, I feel like we did an unmatched on that, but we definitely didn't. We sat down and watched it together. That's right. And talked about it, but didn't didn't record that. Yeah, the the plot is the writing is super sharp in this movie. I so it, I watched this movie about mm, two weeks ago. Uh-huh. And then immediately message you and I'm like, that was delightful. Yeah. And, and I, you know, I think we, when you messaged me, I had, I actually just started watching it. Okay. Yeah. And so we're like, we should definitely talk about this two weeks later. Here we are. Um, but I was rewatching it uh, a bit last night and a bit this morning. And I got about 50 minutes in and I was noticing all this, like this fun stuff where definitely it rewatches or it rewards a rewatch. Mm-hmm. But also I was kind of frustrated by the pace and and this isn't like a criticism because I think my viewing was a unique circumstance, but about 50 minutes in, I'm just like, all right, kind of get, can we get past this part where like no one knows what's going on? Like, yeah, it's, it's super interesting. Like the first time, cause it's like, oh my gosh, where's this going in the second time? So I would recommend put put some distance in it because it is worth coming back to. I just think it's gotta it's gotta rest a little bit. Yeah, you gotta let it settle. Um, mm-hmm. I would love a version of this, like an edit that is the Benoit Blanc edit, mm. where it's all from his perspective. So on a rewatch, you'll watch the Benoit Blanc version, where it's him with his private thoughts and his musings and seeing through everyone's lies and. Well, that's a great for like acting, showing that this character doesn't believe those lies or, you know, knows more than they're letting on because, you know, things to point out is Daniel Craig from the very beginning as Benoit Blanc knows that Marta Cabrera is not telling the whole truth, but is telling enough of the truth to not cause her regurgitative reaction. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, child. I thought they were speaking metaphorically. <laughs> Yeah, CSI KFC. <laughs> <laughs> there is such good interplay between all actors. Like we cannot stress it enough. Um, one of my favorite little scenes is after the reading of the will. Uh, uh, Mar- Marta Cabrera is walking out, and she her whole world is upended because she has been given the keys to the kingdom, so to speak, and being mm-hmm. hounded by everyone and ransom you know is comes to her rescue but that uh, that steady cam like shaky camness it like it works perfectly apparently yeah. like somehow rain Ryan, Ryan johnson broke the camera mount or something like that or <laughs> is what people were saying but like it's too smooth because it's going off the mount onto the 
the handheld and it's like that that was definitely planned um <laughs> also the sweater game in this movie is on point <laughs> yeah, yeah apparently it became a challenge on twitter for everyone to wear a sweater just like uh chris evans but no one can fill it out like chris evans <laughs> it's true i've seen winter soldier <laughs> that is america's ass <laughs> it is it's also america's big broad shoulders I mean, that is Creamy. definitely the, the benefit is the broad shoulders. <laughs> yes. Oh, one thing I wanted to bring up in talking about Chris Evans, like more relaxed interviews. And I don't know if this is what you were referring to, but Variety does a series called Actors on Actors, which is on YouTube, which is two actors sitting down and interviewing each other, which are fantastic. And uh, Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson have an episode that I'll link in the description where uh, Chris Evans, you know, opens up a little bit and talks about some of the stuff you referred to as far as introversion and, you know, reluctance in playing a big character like Captain America. Well, the interesting thing, like kind of as an aside, is he definitely pursued the Captain America role. He got super in shape and like worked out extremely hard for that transitional period, like the transition once he has the super soldier serum to like really... And I think he felt a weight because he's playing like, maybe this is me, you know, ascribing too much to the role or reading too much into him. Like he felt like I have to play the idealized version of American ideals. Like, and definitely there is some writing in the movies to that. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a superhero movie where you're punching CGI characters in, in green screens. <laughs> right. Not to say that he, that there isn't some of that, especially in the winter soldier civil war movies, but like, you know, infinity war Endgame, like caps, like mentality and like messaging is kind of lost in the, the pageantry of the big budget. Yeah. You gotta be the best of all of us. Yeah. Um, and this then there's group, this character. <laughs> and then there's this character who is the worst of everything about everything. And just when you think he's a great guy, maybe he's not. Um, great guy with a cool car. Oh, that BMW is beautiful. Uh, mm -hmm. There's the, like, I think you can buy it for like a quarter of a million dollars or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Um. This movie is definitely in the vein of something like Clue, where, and especially the end where there's those hand-painted portraits. They're like the Clue characters. Like, it's Clue, it's Murder by Death, it's an Agatha Christie story. It's all those things and none of those things. The, the <laughs> great part at the end where, you know, where Ransom is like, you're going to take our home, our ancestral family home? <laughs> that is just a bunch of malarkey harlan bought this off a pakistani real estate mogul in the 80s and he shut up <laughs> oh i should i should have rewatched the end oh well <laughs> i i definitely think as a, as a critique uh, because ryan, ryan johnson has said we're going to get more benoit blanc mysteries that is a thing that Daniel Craig is on for, and I believe Lakeith Stanfield and like everyone that could make sense to return wants to return to do this uh, again. And yeah. Um, yeah, there is an announced sequel, you know, wait and see, but <laughs> hopefully, hopefully they get to make it like, 
Yeah, I, I definitely think Daniel Craig prefers this. Uh, I believe, like, as another aside, like, he was the one that chose him to wear tweed. Hmm. Like, a lot of the character, like, um, moments of Benoit Blanc were developed by Daniel Craig. Like, I think a lot of the characters were given a lot of leeway in, or the, a lot of the actors were given a lot of leeway in how to portray this character. So, yeah. you know, there is something to be said that, like, the big budget movie is like, you know, Captain America, you can only play Captain America one way. James Bond, you can only play James Bond one way. Um, so I think that the, the key figures in this movie really enjoyed stretching their uh, artistic legs. Yeah, it's kind of a, it's an actor's movie. It's like, hey, it's you on screen alone. Show us what you got. Yeah. And, you know, it's something to be said that there's no real weak link in this film. Um, mm -hmm. And the story does, I would say, two watches in rapid succession is enough to get the things you missed the first time. But not like a movie that's like, oh, I need to fucking dissect every little scene like Inception or Memento or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Hearty recommendation, I think, from both of us. It is a, a donut hole inside a donut hole. <laughs> uh, anything else? I have eliminated no suspects, and I suspect foul play. If you eliminate the impossible, all you're left with is the possible. I don't think that's the, the, the eh, quote. It's, people know what I'm saying. The game is afoot. I mean, literally a line from this movie, yeah. But also, apparently that's him as Benoit Blanc hinting that he he's known from the beginning. You got blood on your shoe, Marta. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot about that part. Yeah. Now I do want that Benoit Blanc cut. It was a good idea before. Now, now I'm like, hmm, you got something there. <laughs> yeah, where it's like you got, you got the whole movie from Benoit Blanc's perspective. So rather than start with the you know, the, the subversion of the dropping the tray. Um, you start with Benoit Blanc getting the, the letter and all that. And you go from there. Maybe you get a little bit more of how he knows Lieutenant Elliot. And apparently he knew Harlan Thrombley as well. Mm -hmm. Thrombley. Um, him saying that he respected my father, which is saying something. <laughs> yeah. Which I didn't think was a dig at his father. It was more like, <laughs> Harlan did not give out praise very easily. Mm -hmm. So yeah, uh, watch Knives Out. Uh, watch it twice, and maybe we should at Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Johnson on Twitter to release a Benoit Blanc edit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> apparently uh, the shitty alt right troll kid was may have been partially inspired by uh, people's. The internet's response to Star Wars. <laughs> well, I can so, definitely see that. Maybe adding him on Twitter isn't the most effective. Or maybe it is the most effective. Or maybe I mean, it's hey, not. Hey, CinemaWin's <laughs> got a, like, a direct response for a, a side tweet that, <laughs> that he answered and was like, big fan of the stuff. So, yeah. Rain Johnson, I definitely enjoy his filmography so far. Maybe you didn't enjoy The Last Jedi. You know, that's your prerogative, but these smaller things. If you want something similar to this that has like such tight writing and no real weak parts, I would watch um, Brick, his first movie. Um, very much similar 
like send up of a genre instead mm-hmm. of the murder mystery. It's the, the gumshoe, uh, hard boiled detective. Interesting. A lot more serious though. Like it is, it's not a happy movie by any means. <laughs> it's, it's very, uh, and also if you love Joseph Gordon, love it. I mean, I kind of do. <laughs> so join out. us next time for, <laughs> uh, uh, for unmatched with brick. Yeah. Uh, so we've got another episode coming out this month uh, that should be out on the 20th. And uh, yeah, if you want to get a hold of us, match cut on Twitter, match cut pod at gmail.com. Uh, that's another one in the can. That is another one in the can. Until next time, I've been Matt. And I've been Aaron. We'll see you later. Stay at home. Wash your hands. Ba da da da, ba ba da ba da da, ba 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 da ba.